<laughs> Dolphins number one, baby. Welcome to Once Upon a Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast, home of the longest introduction of all time. Dirtbag Dave is not here, so I'm allowed to play that one-hour video. It's, it's awesome. Um, coming to you live on this beautiful Sunday night. As always, we are presented by the Finns Talk Sports Network. Find me here live every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Sunday nights. Um, for you um, audio listeners on the iTunes, the Spotify, wherever else you listen, please hit that five-star review. Give me a great comment on there. Helps me out. It's free of charge. It's it's awesome. Please do it. You, you guys are doing great. Our YouTube subscribers are up to 815. They were like in the 790s last week, right, Bobby? Like we got a big boost this week, so that's awesome. Hey, and we have a guest. We have a great guest, Dante Daniels, at paydirt underscore prof profile on Twitter. What's the poop, Dante? So nothing much, man. Trying to get this uh, stuff going in and out. I'm trying to listen to you. That was a banger of an intro. Uh, I don't know what your host thinks, but uh, but I loved it. I was out, I was out there grooving, you know. Right. <laughs> I like it because it gets me into the mood. Like we're a Miami Dolphins network. It gives me that Miami Vice vibe. I don't know if that's what it's supposed to do, um, but it really hypes me up for the show. I, I'm glad you like it. Um, but hey, I want to get right into the content, right into the stuff because you know, lollygagging. Look, Dave's not here. The nonsense is gone. Dirtbag Dave, we love you. If you don't watch the show and if you're new to the show, check him out on Vi at VikingDavid28. <laughs> He's a great follow. He's not for fantasy, not for sports, not for stats, just for life. Like, Dave is a character. I love it. Um, we had trivia this week. I, I cut it out. Nobody can get it right anyway, but it was stemmed off of a tweet I saw on Twitter that you may have seen as well because it got, it got a lot of views. <clears throat> it was a Justin Fields tweet. It was uh, Justin Fields' red zone efficiency tweet. Did you see this mm. tweet? Did you see it? I did not. Okay, it's not important. It's just um, he was like sixty-eight percent. He was sixty-eight percent um, in the red zone. He had uh, eleven passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns and one interception. And I'm like, hmm, it's not bad. What do you think about that? I don't know. The numbers, especially coming from a, a situation where everybody wants to talk down about him passing. Well, here's the thing about that. I looked it up. I went, I'm like, I got to look at this up because I'm not adjusting. Yeah, I can hear you. You're just going in and out a lot, which is okay. I think we can fix that on the back end. Um, okay. But we're definitely um, in the situation with Justin Fields where you either yeah, love let me, him. Let me try to fix it here, too. Oh, no worries. Um, I'll just talk over it as we're fixing that. You either love Justin Fields and you think he's the best thing of all time in your drafts number five overall in a super flex rookie draft or a startup draft, which you're totally insane if you do that. Or you're someone like me who thinks he had a good run. He's going to be a serviceable quarterback. He might average you 18 points a game. Not really worth the first round capital in a startup dynasty. Super flex, but that's just me. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it if you're still there, if you're not frozen. You're doing a great, um, what's that thing where you're like, uh, freeze, freeze tag. Cacao, cacao. No, that sucks, man. I've had internet issues before, um, and it's it's. Bob, you've been here through my internet oh, issues. Goodness. I have, I have. <laughs> it happens. It's okay. It, yeah, it's okay. It's all good. At least he got himself out of good picture. It's not like he's picking his nose and, and stuff. Oh yeah, there, you know, like he's not like making a little face like like I would make. I'd be like, yeah, yeah yawning or something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least he doesn't look like a Charlotte Flair. I'm sorry, sorry, Bobby. I didn't. Want to oh, you son of I a! I didn't want to go there today. Come on. We have a we have an awesome guest on our show. Am I back? You're back. Are you there? Hey, there you go. I'm back. You're back, and you sound. Oh, clear. I fell into another dimension, bro. I don't know what happened. 
Did you grab a portal gun from Rick and Morty and you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to go into the frozen zone. That's where we're going. I don't know if you watch Rick and Morty. <laughs> I, I, I hit me one of my sling ring from Dr. Strange. Just oh, stepped back into it. I think I'm all right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we were talking about Justin Fields. I, I need to know which side are you on? The side that will overdraft him and love him or kind of like, mm, he's okay. He's average. I. I don't. I don't tend to overdraft anybody. Uh, I, I feel like fantasy football, football is all about value. But I am a huge Justin Fields fan, um, especially when it comes to rushing production from uh, the quarterback position in fantasy. I mean, it's very difficult. I think uh, Dynasty Zoltan had a, a tweet out recently of having a, a quarterback to get like an elite twenty-five point per game season. Um, there's only been a few of them. Like, there's been like six quarterbacks over the last several years um, that have been able to produce that without rushing for 15 yards a game. And 15 yards is not a, a, a huge threshold. So uh, I'm a big Justin Fields fan. I think that he can take a huge step forward this year. Um, so if you're, if you're on the fence, I think I would definitely lean towards overdrafting, getting a guy who can pr- produce elite numbers for you. Um, but it's all about value, man. It's all about value. Draft. We are big proponents of draft for value, trade for need. That's huge on this show. Um, we preach that every single week. Um, I'm on the fin- – so, little history. Justin Fields coming out, um, I had him over Trevor Lawrence. I had him as the quarterback one of that draft. I think that Justin Fields was special. I still do think he's special. We even had Adam Rank on our show during that process um, when he got drafted through the Bears, and he was all in. We're all all in. We're all having a good time. Um, Viking Dave on our show is not a fan. He's a Vikings fan, so he's not. I have – Kind of, <laughs> I've kind of went bitter towards Justin Fields, not because of him though, because of his offense, because of the talent around him, because of the 18 or 22 passing attempts per game. That's not going to get it done. Um, I did some research today and I, I, and I hate doing this. <clears throat> I hate taking it, take this game out. He wouldn't average that, but he had a great stretch <laughs> where he played bad defenses. In the two games where he scored 45 points were against Miami, which we all know on this network was not at that time was not in a good space defensively. And then they played Detroit. So those are two games where he went back to back 40 plus games against the two worst defenses at the time in the NFL. You take those two point two games away, which you can't do. He only scores 17 points a game. Like to me, this screams huge outlier, huge, huge risk. For a guy who hasn't, he didn't even eclipse over 200 yards passing, but twice last season. That's not what I want my quarterback one. And at, at fifth overall, I know he rushed for a lot. And I'm, I'm being long-winded. I know he rushed for a lot. But in those that stretch, he was scoring rushing touchdowns like they were nothing. One, one, two, two. Like he was literally, yeah, he played Dallas as well. He played great against Dallas, but he only scored 25 fantasy points that game, not 41, 42. 25 is great. But I'd rather get a guy who's done it multiple years, multiple games, especially in a startup. That's all I'm thinking about. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, you have guys like uh, Justin Herbert. You have guys like Lamar Jackson who are in that same area. Um, you're you're going to want to go with that proven MVP caliber player, Justin Herbert, multiple seasons of 4,000-plus yards passing. I mean, that that's why when a push comes to shove, like definitely don't uh, overdraft that, that, that player, but they, he has the ability to, to take that leap like uh, Jalen Hurts did this year. Um, he has some of that upside built in. I think the key is not to take him at that ceiling, not to take, you know, those numbers or face value kind of, as you mentioned, like there's an easy, easy opportunity for him to fall back. Um, but if he can uh, take a, a small step forward, they can, they can give him a more improvement on the offensive line, give him a little bit more time. He might take a little bit less, uh, a little bit fewer rushing attempts, but um, if he's able to get the ball in his playmaker's hands, they're able to maintain drives. I think we can see uh, uh, another step forward for him. Um, I I would love for them to take Jackson Smith and Jigma at at nine. That would be an amazing addition. I mean, I know that they have Mooney and and, uh, Claypool, but both of those guys are are free agents in 2024. So if you can round out that receiving core, um, give them another year, um, under, under Luke Getzey and uh, that that coaching staff out there and, and the Bears, like you can only play the people that are in front of you. So um, you know the Lions aren't going anywhere. They're they're improving on defense, but they're still not necessarily stout. Uh, same thing with Minnesota. Um, that I, I don't know their schedule this year, but um, 
you know, the, the strength of schedule numbers, they always change as the season goes on. So even if we think, you know, maybe if we take these games out and, you know, he would have had a, a lesser season, like you never know what if his season, what if his, his schedule is even more juicy next year. We, we never know until the season's going to start. No, I get it. My last thing on uh, Justin Fields, cause those are all great points. You got to play the people ahead of you. Like you, you take that into point, uh, account when you're drafting, like, okay, this person plays in a cake division or something of that sort. I'm going to go get that guy over because they play cake schedules. Uh, the thing with Justin Fields, you mentioned Jalen Hurts, and I brought this up uh, multiple times, and I'm kind of against it now because I always said Josh Allen was ass until he got Savon Diggs passing. Jalen Hurts was ass passing until he got A.J. Brown passing. But those guys were throwing the ball 400 times a game no matter what already before Stephon Diggs, before A.J. Brown. I just need to see this offense take a step and prove that they're going to throw the ball 400 times a game or a game a year. And is, are we putting DJ Moore in that Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown category? And on top of that, you already you had Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard for Hertz um, on, on the uh, Buffalo side. You had some playmakers on that team as well. I feel like Mooney, DJ Moore, they're great. They're good, but they don't have enough. Right. I don't know. They just don't have that other. They're not built for the Super Bowl. Like I believe the Eagles and like the bills were. That's all. But we will right. move on. We could talk about this for I, literally hours. I do one that I think that we do need. Okay. No, no, you, go ahead. I, I want no, you worries, to, no worries. No, no, I want, I want to hear that. I, I do want to hear. I love Justin Fields' talk. It's my favorite. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, I think we just need to have tempered expectations in regard to the offense. Um, They're coming out in Green Bay. They didn't throw the ball a ton. Obviously, you have Aaron Rodgers, so you have you know a, a more propensity to lean towards the run than the pass, but um, they weren't throwing it as Chiefs were. Aaron Rodgers was just very efficient, and you know, getting more passing weapons and getting more time in that offense, I think, is going to um, help them just as much as the, the overall pass value would, pass volume would. Yes, I agree on that. Um, we we are going to move on to some news and notes around the NFL. We had a huge trade, which we all saw coming. I believe we all saw coming. I even tweeted about it. Five minutes before he got traded, I said, please do not trade Elijah Moore until I acquire him in more leagues. Five minutes later, underdog went nuts and, and, and <laughs> gave me the alert. I'm like, well, I lost my shot. Elijah Moore to the Cleveland Browns, um, you know, I'm a big fan of this move. I'm not a big fan of Deshaun Watson personally, but I think this is going to boost Watson more than it does Elijah Moore. Um, I think he's, I think giving him the weapons, um, I'd like to hear your take on this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My first takeaway was why wasn't he involved in the Aaron Rodgers trade? Uh, That, that's still a, a little bit of a conundrum there, but I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I think it, this is going to definitely help Watson. Uh, he he was up and down at the end of the last season. I was a huge fan before realizing that he was not a quality human being. Um, but you know, as far as fantasy is concerned, um, having a, a player who can who can be versatile, like more stretch the field, um, work underneath. You know, you do things in the intermediate passing game. You know, he's great on whip routes, great on digs, uh, slants. He he has a, a reception perception profile that's that's pretty clean. So um, I I don't foresee him being a a huge get for this season um but if you're playing dynasty leagues obviously amari cooper is not going to be the number one threat forever he's not going to be the uh high uh earning receiver forever so if you if you take this opportunity you could probably still get more for more of a discount um than when the actual season starts and he's making big plays so uh, i don't think it's too late for you go out there and get some more of dj Moore, man yeah, uh, Elijah Moore. I want to get all the Elijah, oh, Elijah Moore. Yeah, you're good. I'm, I'm, I, it sucks because last year, before last year, so last year was the Donovan Peoples Jones. He got on everyone's radar. Everyone grabbed him. You know, he did well for fantasy in, in certain certain spots. I had him the year before when nobody was on. Mm. I'm like, let's go. I got me some gold. So this is gonna hurt <laughs> some uh, people's Donovan Peoples Jones value. This is gonna hurt Elijah Moore's value, and it's gonna hurt Njoku's value. I believe that mm-hmm. Amari Cooper is safe. For now, I believe that obviously Nick Chubb is safe. Obviously, he's always safe. Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. 
But you're spot on with Elijah Moore. I think he's going to start off slow. I think he's going to have to get um, used to this offense. They are a run-heavy team. I'd like to see that change for Deshaun Watson. Um, but all in all, I love this. And you said, why didn't they not go to Green Bay? Maybe Green Bay didn't want them. Maybe Green Bay wants these picks. That's what I'm I'm thinking. Yep. These picks they got are going to Green Bay eventually. Eventually. Yeah. And uh, we got someone in the chat. Oh, what's up, G? He was on the show last week. Yes, I am buying Watson everywhere. I've been buying Watson everywhere. Um, I've been preaching this ever since last year. Go buy Watson. Like, I think he's going to, I think, and I said this today with my group of friends, my small group, of, my circle, my inner circle, they all trashed me. I would take Deshaun Watson over Justin Fields. Sorry. That's just true. It's a guy who's proven that he can be an MVP, MVP caliber of talent. He can get the rushing. He can throw for four. He can throw for 40 touchdowns and still rush for a safe floor of 400. That, the guy we saw last year was not Deshaun Watson. That was a shell of himself. I think we're going to see the full Deshaun Watson this season. So, are you when you're saying you're going to take fee uh, or Watson over Fields? Are you talking about at cost, or if you were sitting there with pick one ten in a super flex league and both of them are staring you in the face, you're going to take take yeah. Watson first? Yeah, I'll take Watson first. He's safer spicy. than me. He's very mm-hmm. he's very safe. Like, see, that's the thing is, why is it spicy? He's so safe. He He's proven year in, year out. Whereas Justin Fields is the one that we're like question mark, question mark. I, I no, I, I definitely feel you there. I think I think the spice comes from number one, the age. I think number two that there's projection on both parts. I think I 100% agree. I you probably can have found a bigger Watson fan than me. I I I will to this day say if you redraft the 2017 draft, even though you know what Patrick Mahomes is, Deshaun Watson should have been the number one player going into it we all know you know the 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 accolades that he had we all saw him in college he's still that type of player potentially um i just think that at the end of the day they still have that propensity to run the ball i still think that you know you have you know four years or so uh more uh if you're if you're taking the fields, I don't think it's super spicy, but I, I think there's enough projection that if the team wants to continue to take care of the ball, wanted wants to be balanced, he might not get the volume rushing because at this stage in his career, he might be trying to transition a little bit more to being a pocket passer, not having the five to seven hundred yards to fall back on to where it's like now you're gonna need forty-five hundred five thousand yards to you know balance and counter the guy who's rushing for you know seven eight nine hundred yards and you know hopefully can increase their passing so um not super spicy but i i think i would take the field side of that one i'm to the point now where i'm willing if i roster fields which i only roster him in about one out of 30 leagues i would do a straight up trade i would um, yeah, yeah. You've seen some of my trades, man. I'm just, I'm, I, I'm, yeah. more, I'm like, if I want that player, I'm gonna get that player. And if I've I, seen I have, it. I have I've seen if, it. exactly. If I have the assets that everyone wants, I'm like, if like for example, in our league, I have Garrett Wilson. I can get whoever I want. I know I can. I can get probably whoever mm-hmm. I want. Besides, you know, minus the the top studs. I'm not gonna do it because right. he's the kind of guy I want. But if I if I if there was a guy out yeah. there eventually that I'm like, I'm just in love with this guy. Hey, G, you have a player I want. Here's Garrett Wilson. He'd be like, all right, like, because it's Garrett Wilson. I'm just freaking, I'm, yeah. I made a trade this weekend. Um, I got trashed for. <clears throat> I, trade, I traded four pits. I gave up Goddard and I gave up Tony Pollard in a super flex tight end premium league. And I'm like, guys, Tony Pollard's t- going, what is he, 26 going yeah. on a franchise tag year? He's going to be 27. What 27 year old running backs are going to get this guaranteed money contract where he's going to be super safe? I'm I'm looking at franchise tag mm-hmm. running backs. I'm out on Goddard's awesome, but I still believe in Kyle Pitts. Um, what do you think about that? Tra- yeah, just humor me. Get I, pump me up. Did I do well? You know what? I'm. Uh, do you guys see this right here? You guys see this right here? I love Kyle Pitts. I love me some Kyle Pitts, and I think that if you're going to make an aggressive move like that, I can get behind it. Obviously, the the people are going to look on their face on its face and say like, "Oh, it's Tony Pollard." All the reasons you just mentioned. But if you look at this from a year from now, everybody has career arcs as far as their production and their value. Uh, Tony Pollard's production might continue to increase, but that value is going to go by the wayside very quickly. Um, Dallas Goddard, you know, he's still a little bit younger. Um, he's not the the. I believe so. I think 20, 27 or 28. He's not, he's not in the George Kittle, Travis Kelsey realm. Um, but when you're looking at a guy like 
Kyle Pitts is still like 22 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's going to be, if you can get Kyle Pitts to be what we think he's going to be a year from now, value wise, like you're, you're, you're hitting that, that intersection point and then you're, you're still you know, going forward with yep. Kyle Pitts. So I, I, I like that move. Sometimes you have to give up quality players in order to get quality players. So exactly. yeah, and it, tell, tell your friends, stop tripping. You got, you got Kyle Pitts <laughs> for next, next several years. Let's go. <laughs> I like to hear that. Um, the last little news, uh, tidbit, little rumors, DeAndre Hopkins trade rumors are heating up. <clears throat> um, I, I just, I want to see him get moved. I don't want him. I don't want it to happen like later. In the, I don't, I want it to happen before the draft. Because I want to know what teams need, what they're going to do, what the Chiefs are going to do, what everyone's going to do. So my question yeah. to you is, where do you think he's going to go? And where do you want him to go? Well, number one, I think it's good that we kind of got the reporting recently, I think over the last month or so, that his suspension voided his no trade clause. So the the speculation early was like, oh, he can only go somewhere where he wants to go. And it's like, nah, bro, if they're going to use the, the picks, then, then you're out of here, buddy. So um, I... I I, I think right now, uh, you know, as a Falcons fan, there they've been floating the rumors out there. Um, you hear the Patriots. Um, it it's kind of a challenge to see, you know, who's going to be able to give that price tag they're asking for, like second and third round picks. Like it, it's a little bit steep there. Um, obviously, it's going to be a team who's going to be wanting to take that next step forward. It's going to be a team that's going to want to compete. Um, I still think the Patriots are are poor drafters. Um, I, I'm. We had a podcast about a year or two ago where we were talking about teams like the Patriots and the Seahawks who have gotten this uh, aura around them because they hit on a, a draft class or so that they're this amazing team. Like the Patriots do a really good job of finding value and maximizing that value. They have six, seven, eight, nine, ten picks. They're not good at drafting receivers. So I, I would put my money on him showing up there, uh, being a being an opportunity to help Mac Jones and give him every opportunity to succeed because. Um, right now there's some question marks there. Um, the second season didn't go very well, but you're looking at the offensive coordinator, um, seeing defensive kind of guy, Mike, Mike Patricia, not really doing very well. Um, so I, I'm looking at the Patriots as, as, uh, as a team who has the most to gain to, to acquire him. Um, I would love to see the Falcons pick him up. I would love, you know, that I don't want to be a homer in that situation, but, um, you know, a team that could have him mentor Drake London. Uh, he he can he can provide balance. You have two guys who can win at all three levels. Now you have two tight ends who can win. You know, with a ball in their hands and at multiple levels, running overs and crossers. And then they're going to have that strong running game. So I think if you're at a team like the Falcons, um, you have immense balance all over the field, all three levels, horizontally and vertically. So um, I think he'll go to the Patriots, hoping that he uh, ends up at the Falcons. What oh, about nice, you? Nice. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that he ends up in Kansas City, to be honest with you. I don't know if they're out on them yet, but gosh, I want Mahomes to be – I'm a huge Mahomes guy, um, obviously. Everyone is in the world. But I'd like to see Hopkins just crush it. We saw him come back last year, just dominate. I didn't expect that at all. I was – I was a huge Hollywood mark. <clears throat> Excuse me. I still am a huge Hollywood mark. I predicted my bold prediction last year was Hollywood Brown would end the season with the most targets in the NFL. That was my bold prediction. Ooh. And he was on pace. He He's was close. crushing yeah. it. And I was like, I'm sitting here. Woo, let's go. And then Hop- like, well, Hopkins is coming back. He got hurt right when Hopkins was coming back. So I'm like, we'll never know. We'll never know. I, my my yep. bold prediction of yep. Hollywood Brown will never come for, true, but I would like to see Hollywood. I just want Hollywood to have his own freaking core. I want Hollywood and Kyler to do magic, so I want Hopkins gone. I don't care where he goes. New England makes a lot of sense. As a Dolphins fan, I don't want to see that. We already got to deal with Diggs. Already got to deal with Garrett Wilson. You know, Already got to deal with the legend known as Alan Lazard, that nobody. Oh, um, God. <laughs> I, I just don't want any more. Look. Dolphins got Ramsey and you know Howard. We're good. We got it. But don't. You know, I want to win some games. I'm tired of facing these studs. Kansas City is my my dream spot. Please, Kansas City. Please. That would be nice. That would be, that awesome. would be nice. That would be awesome. Hey, um, for all you guys coming in and and following in here, please um, you know, hit that like button, subscribe. We're talking. We're about to break down a rookie mock draft that we held last week with uh, my guest Dante Daniels at Paydirt underscore profile on Twitter. Um. So let's get right into it. I want to ask you, before we get into it, though, 
when do you like to start your rookie drafts? So like what's the best time of the year? So I, I, I'm a little bit crazy when it comes to, to rookie drafts. I have no problem drafting them at any time of the year, but I personally have grown to like drafting them like right before the NFL draft, like post combine before NFL draft. There's always these schools of thoughts on Twitter where draft capital is king. People are going to say landing spots don't matter. Landing spots do matter. People are going to say these metrics matter. Combine does combine doesn't. The only thing that we can do is deal with the information that we've gathered. And when it comes to drafting these rookies, if you want the most value, doing it before you get spoon fed the draft capital once the, the, the draft happens, that, that gives you the most opportunity to excavate that value. If you've if you've done the research, if you've watched film, if you've listened to the articles, if you've, you know, grinded the the numbers, um, if you can put that all together, you can come up with, you know, sometimes half a round, even a round or two value on players that, that are not going to be there. Like for, for instance, Roshan Johnson, he's going in the third round of rookie drafts right now. If he gets even third round draft capital, there's zero chance that he's going to be there at, at the middle of a third round rookie draft. You know, he's going to be, you know, late second, mid mid to late second for the most part. Um, so those types of situations really provide value. So I would love to do it there. Um, I, I, I'm good drafting whenever I'm, I'm always ready to draft. So uh, how, how about you, man? I prefer after I want to be spoon fed. I want to be spoon fed. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. And, and I'll tell you why, because last year at this time we were all drafting. I wasn't, I don't, I don't do rookie drafts unless I have to before the right. NFL draft. People were drafting mm-hmm. Malik Willis, 102, 103, 104. And they got, and it wasn't me because I didn't do my drafts until after but i would have i would have i would have been one of those guys i really would have been i would have been in you know i would have been stuck and we talked about a pre-show where that could really damn it picking a player at 101 102 103 is in in swinging and missing is a it's a disaster because you're at 101 through 103 for a reason you're a bad team and you need to rebuild unless you got lucky and you you know you traded for that pick and if you if you're drafting super early and you're unsure and you don't know about the the prospects, like look at someone like Rashad Bateman, he would be a super stud anywhere else besides Chicago and besides um, uh, Baltimore where he's at now. He would be a super stud, but we're not seeing it because of his draft capital, because of where he mm-hmm. went, where he landed. I don't want my dynasty teams to be not luck of the draw because you you have to do your research, but to be determined by that. I think Bateman was the number two receiver coming out of that draft. I love him. I don't love his spot. I am not a fan of him where he's at. I don't. I didn't draft him anywhere, just for that right. reason. So right. I don't. I don't like that. I want it. Typically, I'm in. How many dynasty leagues are you in? Probably, probably like fifteen to twenty. Okay, I'm in like twenty-two. So okay. the way we do it, and we're all the same kind of group of people. We usually do okay. Monday, start the draft after the NFL drafts, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we start a draft. And then when that stops, we start another one. So we're literally drafting oh. every week until the football season. It's freaking That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I try to schedule. I, that's the way I schedule just, just for, it's more fun, but I do, I do want to do one where it's before, but it's like a Debbie league and I'm not in any, any Debbie leagues. Would that be a Debbie league? I, I think Devi would be if you included uh, current college players. I think you would have to include players that are not draft eligible to be Devi. I think you can you can go a couple of different ways. You can you can draft you know in January or February. I've done that too, um, and use like kickers as prospects, mm-hmm. or you draft as many players as as keeper or a sleeper has available. And if there's somebody that you want, you pick like. Tim Tebow, some some guy, and that's still in the in the the lower confines. You just write in his name. This mm-hmm. is so and so, but uh, but yeah, I think you can still do that. Uh, you can do the Devi, but I'm I'm not super familiar. I would love to. Like my little brother is a junior in high school, um, and he's getting some 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 looks here. So I'll be picking up Devi here soon in the next couple of years. So I can draft my bro. That's uh, awesome, man. That's awesome. <laughs> That, that's, that's great, man. I, I wish my um, brother was as athletic and smart. Instead, he just worked at <laughs> Hollywood Video. 
Hey, hey, we need we need those heroes too, man. Yeah, yeah, we do. Hey, Bobby, can we get that first round up? I want to go through the first round real, real quick and talk about these quarterbacks. So as you see, we drafted a um, rookie. We went three rounds deep, super flex, and these were the participants. Now there was, what, one, two, three, four quarterbacks taking in the first round. Um, my next question to you is, which of these quarterbacks do you feel strongly about? Which one is you know ready for the NFL? And what stands out to you? CJ Stroud going one? Wasn't that Love or Young? I call him Love. Um, <clears throat> what do you think about these quarterbacks in this draft? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that they went in the consensus uh, order. Uh, everybody's kind of kind of looking at CJ Stroud, Bryce Young at the top. I think, unfortunately, it's kind of a cop out answer, but DC really matters. Um, I'm I'm the kind of person who I've been looking at CJ Stroud going to the Panthers and being an amazing fit there um, for the last several months. And with them trading up to number one, I think it's a slam dunk that he goes there, and I think it's a slam dunk that he starts right away. So I feel very strongly that he's going to be a quarterback that's going to be able to kind of get his feet wet early. Um, they have a not a ton of uh, bright spots around him. They, they don't have anybody you're overly excited about, but you have a lot of veterans, a lot of guys who've seen multiple schemes. You have a lot of guys who've seen uh, multiple seasons uh, with the exception of Terrace Marshall, but you know he provides a little bit of explosiveness. So while people are not really um, – super gung-ho about his situation i think that's a very solid spot um with you know some mentors around you some some uh, versatile pieces around you so i'm very excited about his uh his spot there hopefully hopefully anyway that he lands there uh in carolina uh as a falcons fan i hope he doesn't do too great um but uh but then also you know what i i think Anthony Richardson going where he went is very consensus um, at number five, but I, I, I do have some concerns there. Um, similarly to the the Justin Fields, the Jalen Hurts of the world, I, I think that if, if you want a player to be successful, you have to utilize that player to their strengths. You have to be able to work your offense around that player and not be an offensive coordinator who wants to um, have that player capitulate to your system. And with the, the teams that are sitting there at the top, I, I don't know how many of those teams are willing to say, look, you know, go out there and run, go out there and be an athlete. We'll use that. We'll, we'll get you on the move. Um, I, I, I kind of have a fear that if you're taking him at five, um, you know, with, with Gibbs right there behind him, um, that you're going to have a little bit of risk or um, best case scenario for his long-term and worst case scenario for your short term as a, a owner uh, or dynasty owner is that he sits. Um, and so if he does sit, maybe that helps him out long-term, but um, I, I want to see my guys get on the field. I'm, I'm very impatient when it comes to rookies. I want the immediate impact. If I can get a quarterback like Shroud, who's going to start day one, then I'll, I'll be willing to take that shot. But I'm, I'm kind of fearful a little bit of, uh, of where AR might, might find himself. Yeah. I'm just hoping AR lands up in a spot where he can sit, where he can take some notes and, and learn the game mm-hmm. and get some better, you know, just better overall. I don't understand. <sighs> He won't be on any of my teams. That's all I'm going to say about that. I, I just don't want right. to take the risk. I just don't. Um, we saw our buddy Seahawks fan seven with the 101 take the quarterback in a super flex league. Um, that's usually the go to. That's usually what happens. Um, well, we saw MJB six zero zero eight take B. John Robinson at number two, and that's kind of odd. We don't see that often in mocks, um, especially this season. If you, what would it take for you? to go ahead and take Stroud over Bijan and in, in anywhere you have one on one. So as as I mentioned previously, I'm I'm very impatient. I I would have taken Bijan if if I'm thinking my own roster, most of my roster are win now rosters or in the middle gearing towards winning now. Um I think Bijan would be immediate help towards uh doing so. For me it would it would have to be a, a draft, as you mentioned, post NFL draft. You see where the um, you see where the landing spots everybody shakes out. Um, let's say, for instance, Carolina they have a pick at I think forty. 
um, 39 or 40 in the second round and they take a, a young receiver to, to, to pair um, or, or they, they go with the offensive tackle who's going to help out um, something along those lines is going to make you a little bit more confident about his ability to help your team right away. Um, that's, that's what I would need to see. It, it would be very draft capital uh, oriented. Um, I would need to see additional weapons there to know that my early investment would be worthwhile because um I know for a fact that Bijan Robinson is going to be uh, a threat right away. And contrary to how a lot of other people play Dynasty, I play in two to three year increments. We have absolutely no idea what's going to happen after that. Um, everybody knows and understands that quarterbacks have more longevity. But if you look at the quarterback since I think it was like 2014, how many of them are still in the same teams that drafted them? There are no guarantees anywhere. So if I'm going to go and I'm going to look at the next two to three years, if I have a Trevor Lawrence or I have one of those types of guys that I know is going to be a stud day one, really good, you know, offense around them, you know, good weapons around them, then, then, Sure, I'll go ahead and take them, but um, unless I see that, I'm I'm going with the the guarantee, mm. quote unquote guarantee, two years of Bijan Robinson. What say you? Yeah, so I have the 101 in one league, and I earned mm-hmm. it. I'm bad. I earned okay. this 101. It was a startup. I I drafted this way to be bad. I have Reese Hall. And I have Kenneth Walker. <clears throat> okay. Um. So, and my quarterbacks are shaky at best, and my receivers are good, like very good, so, solid re- receivers. And I have George Kittle. So I'm sitting there going, man, I have Brees Hall, I have George Kittle, I have Kenneth Walker. You only need to start two running backs. And I have really good, like, T. Higgins, good receivers. I don't know how I finished dead last, but I did. So I'm like, (laughs) because injuries, Brees Hall went down, Walker didn't play for, like, half the season. And then I had, like, George Kittle. It's a disaster. But I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about taking Stroud because I have the running back there. What I'm honestly thinking of doing is trading down to 103 and 102 which is what I'm, but no, but everyone knows. Every, so that's the ah. thing. Everyone knows because ah. everyone listens and everyone knows. That's the, that's the, mm-hmm. the worst thing about having this show. I promise you. Yep. Is everyone yep. knows what you want. And then when you're done publishing mm-hmm. the show and after you're done live, I'll have about four trade offers in my inbox from the same people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, just because I'm talking shit about him on the show, just because I'm hyping up Michael Thomas doesn't mean I want him in your dynasty leagues. I don't want him. I love Michael Thomas. I just don't want him right now at whatever his age is. Uh, but that that's that happens to me. So I think I'm going to take the quarterback there in that situation. But you're right. If it's mm-hmm. uh, where you're, you know, maybe take take what you know. Take We know Bijan's going to be elite. We know he is. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. the right pick. If you have the one-on-one and you want to take a quarterback there, I suggest you trade down and, and, and work hard on it because there's about three guys that you can be okay with. I'm mm-hmm. I, I don't I'm not happy about I'm not excited about Levis at all I'm just not um, I want I want I want Stroud but he's gonna be 102. Um, all right, moving on. Can we get that draft um, back up there around one? I want to talk about these receivers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> these receivers are. are I noticed you took J. Yeah, I noticed you took Jackson over Bryce Young and over Gibbs, which I wasn't surprised about because I think I'd do that as well. So we'll leave him out of it real quick. Think about the other guys, Quinton. Addison, talk about it. So both of those guys are a little bit of enigmas. Uh, Jordan Addison didn't perform quite as well at the combine as people would have would have loved. Um, Quinton Johnston is a guy who has all the physical tools per se, um, but didn't quite put it together consistently. Um, I mean, when you see a guy with that type of package, you would kind of hope that he's going to be uh, more dominant. Uh, he was definitely better after the catch than uh, advertised for a guy who's 6'4". Um, but I think Jordan Addison is just such a smooth route runner, um, a guy who can help you at all three levels. Um, I, I, I think having them both at 7 and 8 is very fair. I think that's a great spot for both of them. Um, if it if it came down to it, I think I would probably lean Addison over Johnston because as a dynasty manager, I'm more of a, let me find a guy with a high floor with access to a ceiling. Um, when, when you're a quality route runner, um, 
not much is going to hurt your ability to produce unless you're injured. If you're a guy who like Quentin Johnston, who is a really big, fast, physical, you know, guy, but you're not really great at high pointing the ball. Um, you're, you're fast, but maybe you're not the fastest player on the field. Um, you're not great at getting off of press. Like if a guy jams you up in your face and you can't get into the route or can't beat him with nuance, um, that's a pick that might not be able to come to fruition for you. So without knowing draft capital, um, I think those are fair spots, but I'm going to lean Addison over, over Johnston um, in most situations. And Zay Flowers is, is a guy who's right there as well. Similar traits, um, being able to beat you with route running ability, run after the catch ability, et cetera. So um, I would probably take Addison right there. Johnston is probably falling more towards like a nine or 10 uh, selection for me. Nice. I, I agree with that. Um, hey, can you put that big board up? Because I want to move on to a debate that I've been having internally in my head. And that's okay. Jackson Smith. I'm not going to pronounce the hyphen last name. I'm not good at it yet. I'm bad with names. Very, I'm, still, I'm I'm calling Nikhil Harry. I still call him Harry. I, I don't know. I can't figure out his name still. It's still. still ever since I took him 101, I still can't figure out his name. Um, but I've been debating in my head because I have 104 somewhere. And it's either Gibbs okay. or Jackson. And I'm like, I don't need a running back, and I don't specifically need a receiver. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty stacked. I'm leaning towards Jackson. And, oh, obviously, you are too. You took him at 103. But sell me on Gibbs. Like, tell me why I should be falling in love with this guy because I'm just not. So, so if I was a Gibbs guy, I would let you know that the NFL is going more towards committees. The NFL is moving more towards being able to win in space and who knows how long that's going to last. Cause it, it, everything is cyclical here, but right now a guy like Jameer Gibbs is, you know, a home run hitter. Um, he's a guy who's going to help you in the passing game and negative game, game scripts. He's, he's big enough. He's strong enough to, to, to win between the tackles. Now he's probably not going to be your primary uh, between the tackles guy, but um, a guy who can still excel and still win there is, is essential. Um, you're not going to be schemed out of the game. Um, if you're Jameer Gibbs, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, negative or positive, positive game script, you're going to be able to remain on the field and, you know, he's a guy who's dynamic, great contact balance, really strong hands. Um, he can get out and run routes from the slot. He can run routes from outside. Um, the biggest issue with him is going to be, is are you going to get a coach who's going to be able to utilize you that way? I mean, we saw um, DeAndre Swift is a guy who I, you know, comp Jameer Gibbs to. Um, maybe not really be utilized efficiently or effectively Um you know, over with the lines as much as you would like to see. So um, if you can get a team, I mean, I, I continue to think that if the Sean Payton led Broncos <laughs> found some way to get Jameer Gibbs to pair with J dub long-term, like that would give them the perfect Mark Ingram and, uh, and a uh, Camara compliment. Cause if we remember they picked up, um, Adrian Peterson that same offseason and it was like this crowded three-headed monster back uh, backfield who what's going to happen they have P Ryan who's a solid veteran but not anybody you should really worry about if he was there and found his way to Denver Broncos man that guy could blow up and win you some fantasy league so if I was if I was a Gibbs owner and I you know, was watching the draft and he went to any kind of creative mind of offensive coordinator, he'd be vaulted up my boards for sure. Yeah, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Broncos, Broncos, Broncos. If you can find a way to get him there with Williams, who won't be healthy at the beginning of the season, um, mm -hmm. that would be magnificent. That would be great. Uh, perfect, perfect situation. But we are a Dolphins network. We need a running back. Miami. Miami, <laughs> come on, we gotta do something. We can't be rolling with Raheem, old Dusty Mostert, and uh, injured freaking Jeff, freaking made out of plastic Jeff Wilson. We can't do it again. I, I don't want to sit through another year of this blah running backs. I can't take it. <laughs> um, let's go. Well, we're running out of time here, but I want to hit up the second round at least before we go. Um, can we pull up the set round two? What sticks out basically to you? I know you you mentioned Zay Flowers. I took Josh Downs over him. Is that a mistake? You know what? I, I I don't I don't think it's a mistake right now, um, but it could look like a mistake in a, in a month or so. They're so close. Um, there's so much overlap in their ability to win out of the slot. Um, I think Josh Downs is is a little bit more of that vertical receiver. Um, he reminds me a lot of uh, Darnell Mooney. Um, so 
I think it's fine. It's, it's, it's really a point of preference. You know, are you going to go with the guy who's a little bit, you know, better after the catcher, I think is Zay flowers. Um, both of them are pretty strong route runners. Or are you going to go for a guy who's probably a little bit better down the field, being able to make those plays and Josh downs. Um, I would probably lean flowers in that situation, but Hey, I, I don't think this is anything wrong with taking Josh downs right there. They're both really quality football players. Uh, perfect. My favorite player in this draft, or second round at least, which I found out today watching a lot of tape, is uh, Devon Archain. Sorry, guys. A-Chain. A-Chain. Yeah. Terrible with names. I think yeah. he's a guy secretly that is going to rise up this list, and he may end up in the first round. And I don't – it depends on draft capital. Everything depends mm-hmm. on draft capital. But watching him today kind of made me go, man, is he the guy – is he the is he, like not Rashad White, but is he the guy that's going to surprise everyone and be that guy who's actually better, the third best running back in this draft? Mm-hmm. Think think about him as the uh, bizarro, maybe not bizarro world, but the the mirror version of Jameer Gibbs. You know, can if you if you can't get Gibbs at the top of the first or middle of the first, and you want that skill set then Devon A-Chain is a guy that you can definitely jump into um, in the second round and be like, hey, I got, I got, you know, Gibbs light. And if you like where he, you know, lands, I mean, you, you could, like you said, find, find a diamond in a rough really quick. Wait, wait, wait. How, how tall is this guy? Do you, do I believe know? he's 5'8 or 5'9. He's, he's not the largest player. He's like 5'9, he's like I think like 185, I believe. Um, he's definitely a guy who's going to be a satellite player, a guy who's going to win in space. Um, you know, if if the Chargers move on from Eckler and he finds himself there, you know, that's, that's a, a nice addition for you. Um, but yeah, de- definitely definitely a strong player. We got um, some trolls in the chat saying I could probably knock out our chain. It's a, it's a long, long joke. I've said it many times. I could, <laughs> I could beat up Rondell Moore. Dude's five seven. I can knock. I could body slam that guy. Five eight and below, mm. I'm out. I really am out. I could beat them all up. <laughs> Do you have a wrestling background, my guy? Uh, you know what? I'm five nine, and I'm probably way more than that guy. I'll beat him up. He he can <laughs> he can he can squat like five to six hundred pounds. He got some can't touch Charlotte Flair though. That package. What was that, Bobby? <laughs> can't touch Charlotte Flair. <laughs> <laughs> I'll beat up Charlotte Flair too. I mean, I wouldn't. I would not. <laughs> Whoa! I would not. I would not put it on Twitter. In I'm putting w- it on right in now. W- in, in WWE 2K, guys. In 2K, guys, come on. Uh, no, Charlotte. Are you? Do you watch wrestling? Um, I don't currently, but I always go down the rabbit hole every month or two because when I was a kid, I loved it. I just was so far removed from knowing who everybody is. So I think the last match I watched was like a. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton match or something like that, like a year or so ago. Every time I tune in, I'm like, oh man, I'm a year behind. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll catch up on YouTube again in another year. Yeah, I, I love that. Hey, I just want to um, preference that I will be off next week. We will not be doing a show because WrestleMania is two nights and it's next weekend. So I'm not going to do a show Saturday or Sunday and I'm not going to make Bobby work through it because we are going to, you know, be talking about our watching WrestleMania. So we're going to go into round three real quick. One of these guys, everyone's talking Darnell Washington on this um, network. Apparently, he's a great guy that everyone wants on the Dolphins. I can see him moving up. Who else on this list do you see escaping that third round going to the second? I mean, Darnell Washington in that points per blocking league. Like, man, he's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mentioned Roshan Johnson. I think he's a he's a big one. Um, and then also, I, I'm, a, I'm a big um, Cedric Tillman and Chase Brown guy. Uh, Chase Brown, I think, is just one of those very all-around quality running backs, um, you know, high floor uh, kind of guy. Um, and then Cedric Tillman, I think he's being slept on a ton. I, I think he's a, a superior actual receiver to Jalen Hyatt, um, a guy who um, remind oh, I forgot who my comp for him was. Um, was it 
Adam Thielen. Anyway, a guy who I think that in the third round right there has the ability to kind of step in day one and really be a difference maker for a team is like, you know, that that dark horse sneaks into your wide receiver three end of season ranks with the ability to be a wide receiver two for you in the future. Oh, nice, nice. I, I always, I don't know how you are with third round picks, man. I always discount them and trade them away so I don't have to deal with this because <laughs> I, I am a dynasty guy. I am a guy who loves dynasty, but I think none of these guys ever hit. I think the only third-round player I, I hit more on undrafted free agents, um, undrafted in general than I do round mm-hmm. three. I just I, I, maybe I just don't do the research. Look at like Dwayne McBride. I'm not gonna lie. Full disclosure, I took him because I like Danny McBride. And I like <laughs> <Trey> McBride. <laughs> so I thought it was a cool last name. Oh man, <laughs> that's well, it. If you if you want to hit more on your third round picks, uh, definitely follow me on Twitter um, because I I kind of make a living out of uh, picking outliers. People in in most fantasy circles just want to throw out anybody who doesn't have the draft capital or anybody who is not a first or second round player because they don't tend to hit. And I think it's a smart decision from a macro perspective. But um, you have to be able to uh, make make some hay here. And if you're great at trading those picks, then I think that's an awesome way to go about it um if you're gonna have to stay and spray um i have in one of my leagues i have a ton of of third round picks in a re in a uh, in a rebuild and so what i'm what i've been doing is you know trying to grind the tape guys like parker washington that entire third round i like a lot of those guys you'll you'll be able to see based on the draft capital where they go where they mm-hmm. fit on the depth chart and if you can find a guy where their skill set matches what the team likes to do historically you probably have a little bit of a better chance at finding a guy who's at least rosterable like Kyle Phillips was a guy last year who I liked a lot I thought he was at least going to be rosterable um played pretty well um elijah mitchell in the past was a guy um that i i love elijah mitchell i have him on on a ton of teams um the skill set matched to being able to run inside outside zone um foot in the ground one cut type of runner um so really for those guys you really have to make sure that you're finding a skill set like take the player's name and everything out of it what do they do best in and kind of consensus with all the different uh guys if you're not going to watch the film and then kind of see what the team likes to do. And if, if the team drafted that guy because they fit their 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 scheme, you might have a little bit better shot at hitting. Perfect, perfect. So you heard that right there. Follow my boy Dante Daniels, pay dirt underscore profile to find out these fringe rookie. I'm going to do it because you're going to help me out through these third rounds. Every time I have a third round, I'm like, you. yo, Dante, I need – who is this McBride guy? And is it related <laughs> to Danny because I like Danny a lot. Um <laughs> But uh, for all you audio listeners, if you're still there, please go to our YouTube page, Finn's Talk Sports Network on YouTube. We're over uh, 815 subscribers at this moment. We want to reach 1,000 by April 27th. That's draft day. We can get there. It's not that hard to hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for that. You guys have been doing a great job at that. Um, we're going to take off next week and the week after because we got WrestleMania. We got Easter. I'm not, do- I'm not competing with the Easter Bunny. I'm not doing it. That's a huge ratings um, loser, so... We'll be after. He's after bigger that. than five seven. You would lose. I know he's he's five nine. Oh, oh, the Easter Bunny, dude. <laughs> let me tell you something. We have a bunny. My wife got a bunny for real life, and that thing will beat up my, my cats, my dogs. That thing is vicious. <laughs> I hate that bunny. By the Those way, are fierce. They are. It makes my wife bleed like every day. Best of bus I saw it. Where was I at? Uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter, Josh Kimmel OUS, at Finn's Talk Sports Network as well. Again, Pader underscore profile. Dante, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast. I can't believe we did 52 minutes. It went by like so fast. I need to get you like on that. again. Whenever, whenever you like me, I, I'll be willing to come by. I appreciate you having me. Hopefully, I can help some people out on Twitter. Hit up my DMs if you ever need advice. It's all free. I just like talking ball. I like talking with you. It was a great, great, you know, 52 minutes and counting. Um, so until next time. Bobby, play our music.